Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Hey folks, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And... We're still in St. Louis. Back-to-back uh, back episodes. It's like, like you've been here do. for a week. You will surely be here for more than a week, yeah. Shane, uh, whereas <laughs> I am just here for a few days. Right. If you just tune into this episode because of maybe whatever striking title we give it, um, you'll not have heard from the previous one that, yes, we are in St. Louis. I'm on a pilgrimage with some healing students, my campus minister, and we are still recording from the most obscure part of St. Louis, um, <laughs> right next to St. Agatha Parish, which is right by Anheuser-Busch. So. Mm-hmm. We're in a in an Airbnb in a house that surely housed some like Polish, I'm sure people who went to mass faithfully and also made next door Budweiser faithfully, yeah, um, right next door to that. So, a lot, of, a lot of rich here. heritage, right. a lot of tradizio, right? That's in this right. Neighborhood. You know, you can almost you know? hear the click clack of the Clydesdales. That's right. Even from here. That's uh, right. <laughs> Even have you been to Grant Farm yet? Grant's Farm? No, I have not been out there. I've heard a number of people talk it's about it. It's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. The Anheuser family kind of bought these yes, acreages. That, and, that Ulysses S. Grant's family had. Right. Uh, the most interesting part is then they built this kind of Bavarian like city center kind of village thing just in the middle of this property, mm-hmm. which is just in the middle of like quasi-suburban St. Louis, which mm-hmm. is very funny. There's like, you're just driving down the road and there's all of a sudden like kind of exotic animals and it's like zoo-ish area so right. you like get on a trolley preserve well it's there's like yeah there's that there's kind of exotic uh you know different like antelope and deer and things like that mm-hmm. and then when you get <laughs> so st louis when you get there the kids can feed the animals and the adults get two free beers okay and that's how it goes and then you can go <laughs> everyone's happy they make you pay a little extra you can go see the clydesdales where they actually that's where they're, they're ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't just live at the brewery all the time. Right. Um, they're, you know. When I was in college, I did do the brewery tour, and I, we saw the Clydesdales. They had tiled stalls. Oh, yeah, I've been there. And yeah. velvet blankets. Yeah. The and Clydesdales it's, it's live pristine, better than I do. It's pristine. <laughs> exactly. You know? It's pristine, too. And if you've ever, ever, ever been around livestock, and especially horses, yeah. it stays that clean for about two seconds. Yeah. and they, But they're braid their hair and everything else. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe these animals have tiled stalls, but that's another story. Last funny thing, just because we're right here at Anheuser-Busch for the sake of uh, a little banter. When the Blues uh, NHL hockey team won the Stanley Cup a few years back. 2019. 2019 it was. Uh Exactly right. Um, They they have these massive, massive vats where where the kind of, especially like the huge, you know, brands that they make Budweiser, Bud Light, whatever, mm-hmm. where they finish these massive vats that are like a couple stories tall. And they of course always ask you when you're on tour, how many people or how many you know cans of beer can fit in one of these massive vats. And they, you know, of course some like frat guy in the back, it's like, how many days do you think it would take you to like drink all these beers? And sure. Two weeks, you know, one guy in the back. Um, but <laughs> the blues had this kind of rally song, Gloria, mm-hmm. um, Gloria, right? That, yeah. That's the one. And they played that song, uh, on on loop in the whole brewing process for one batch of Bud Light and one batch is a lot, and they put that beer that had the song Gloria played like <laughs> over it in specific bottles that had Blues logos on it. Okay, a um, lot of pride for their brewed uh, with Gloria for their beer and sports in okay. St. Louis. There uh, is, and we're right here in the midst of it. 
part of this pilgrimage, Father Shane. Your pilgrimage of beauty. Pilgrimage to beauty, one to might beauty. say, is the Excuse title. Hey, um, uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> de nada. De nada. Uh, for, for you there. Yeah. Um, yeah, part of it's been, you know, a, a couple long drives here in the Midwest, so time with our high school students in the car. And then, as I mentioned in our previous podcast, we stopped at um, the Abbey, at, uh, St. Benedict's Abbey in Atchison, Kansas, where uh, Benedictine College is. And then we stopped this morning uh, at at the Nelson Atkins Art Museum mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Right. Um, kind of heart of Kansas City there. There's a beautiful pieces. What I was so bummed about, there's a Caravaggio uh, at this art museum. There's mm-hmm. a, a painting by Caravaggio, the Italian artist, um, of John the Baptist. It mm-hmm. came from a, a kind of a, hos- a convent hospital chapel. Um, and it's funny, I've seen it before a couple times when I've been there, and it's just the image of John the Baptist. But with uh, Caravaggio's curoscuro right with his light and darkness it's beautiful it's striking to see this man of a young john the baptist just kind of captured in this moment um i was there one time and it was on tour oh and today i was kind of poking around I'm like it's gotta be here i think this is the room i haven't been here for a while i asked one of the assistants and they said it's currently in a conservation it will come out in the next day or two and i said oh, okay that doesn't you missed help it by me. two days missed it by a day it's or two in conservation whatever that means yeah. <laughs> somebody sneezed on it or something and then they have to <laughs> clean it up i don't know but uh two interesting experiences that i think would be helpful for our outcast team today to discuss one was asking my car full of high school boys uh what we should talk about on the podcast and two was the experience of being at this uh art museum especially in the Christian art, especially kind of surrounded by a lot of Gen Z, right? Kind of millennials, Gen Z, my peers who happen to be there on a, on a Thursday afternoon mm-hmm. at the art museum, just mm-hmm. kind of strolling around. So when I asked our students, they were pretty quiet at first. And I think that's interesting that as a whole, we can say that a lot of young people are leaving the faith, but even these students who themselves probably have their own struggles and then especially have friends, they don't always have the capacity to articulate it, right? So we, we often think that, I think young people are a little bit more um, yeah, articulate of their doubts, and I don't think they are, and that's where they need to really be helped to even understand what are you questioning, what are you struggling with, what are you doubting, um, instead of YouTube videos and whatever else they're listening to, just sort of informing them of that, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the guys sat quiet for a while, but then one of the guys just said, yeah, I, think the, I think most of my friends who struggle with their faith, who struggle with the church, struggle with tradition. What are you talking about? <laughs> so crusty. Yeah, what do you, tradition, what do you mean? And he said... So ancient. He said, well, you know, like problems like abortion and, and LGBTQ issues. And I said, what do, you, what do you mean tradition? You mean like the church's teachings seem like too old-fashioned, too out of touch with contemporary society. He said, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it. So people have a struggle with this experience of tradition. And we've talked about this in a lot of ways. We've talked about abortion. We've talked about gay marriage, we've talked about same-sex attraction in the past, we've talked about talked about transgenderism, all these different hot-button topics. That's what we're trying to address, where people are feeling more outcast. But it's interesting just as a whole, this idea that the church is out of touch, right? Um, you know, I finally watched uh, Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? Yeah. Uh, a long time ago, we, we did a podcast on that. I mm-hmm. finally watched it recently. And there's that one psychologist who says, you know, anybody who's not on board with the current kind of transgender uh, models is just a dinosaur and bigoted. Right? Oh. So that's where the church gets lumped all right. the time by people in, in uh, you know, 
pop culture, contemporary culture is we are dinosaurs and we're just lost in the kind of the dark ages, right? Mm. And even, you know, people see our churches, St. Agatha's right next door to this house where we're at, big old Gothic churches are in our diocese, beautiful, we would say, for others, kind of dusty and, and old, you know, I get uh, some of the some of the folks who come to the cathedral, whether for the school masses or for parish masses, might call, you know, the playing of organ and more traditional hymnody chanting that's dusty that's old-fashioned that doesn't actually like touch the you know young people or people where they're at right mm-hmm. all that to say that that was in kind of my mind today as we went to this art museum art museums especially you know here in the u.s all over the place but there's a huge uh focus and amount of religious art right because you have any european art from you know christendom which lasted a long time you know mm-hmm. over a thousand years most of the content that was produced is religious art right so there's a couple of these rooms at the nelson <laughs> Athens art museum that have some really incredible pieces you know carved stone reliefs from the outside of churches from the 1100s in uh, catalonia spain and uh, an altarpiece from you know Belgium or some, you know, this, this kind of beautiful, uh, very small, but beautiful painting of Madonna and child from Holland or all, all these beautiful, beautiful pieces of art, especially the liturgical art though. This is what kind of struck me was watching all of these kind of young people who would say the church is out of touch, right? Do two things. One, be really like enamored by the beauty of some of these pieces, right? Like a, something from the 11th century, like a statue of Mary from the 11th century. Wow. With this huge altarpiece with gilded, you know, kind of uh, framing of it all. Wow, that's beautiful. We think I just passed by, right? Mm-hmm. What I felt when I was trying to share with my students is that I hope what this shows us, especially in the U.S., is that our faith is not kind of just as wishy-washy and our tradition is not just as dusty as it might seem. But the faith and the tradition that we actually have that's still preserved in some of the, the beauty that we get to see in museums here or in churches themselves when you go to Europe Um it's a firm foundation. It's a strong tradition that's not just dusty and that's not out of touch. But actually, I think, as I hope we can kind of discuss, has a lot more to do with our humanity now than we might think. Uh, and, and folks back then weren't just cavemen. Uh, mm-hmm. They're actually producing some of the most <laughs> you know, beautiful architecture buildings, uh, art that we've seen. And that can say something to us. Yeah. Okay, I have many thoughts. Thanks. Sorry, I talked for a while. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I'm just kind of racing through a number of thoughts here. So what's ironic in all of this is that you were touring an art museum with teenagers who know that their whole generation critiques tradition, but yet they have paid money to go into a building that is handing down the tradition of the Middle Ages. <laughs> you know, obviously, as you just pointed out, our, the tradition of our faith handed down from the times of the apostles in the church that Christ himself instituted, helped to inspire the faith that produced these great works of art. But the fact that people still want to go look at them today, even if they're just breezing by them, they have paid to go into a building that is preserving the past. Now, obviously, not everyone does that. Not everyone goes to art museums. Uh, but your students were there, and everybody, other, every other patron uh, and every other museum patron who's ever visited a museum of art or ancient history anywhere around the world, they are keeping a tradition alive. Um, just to break down that word tradition from traditio, what does it mean? To pass on, to hand down, to entrust to the next generation and to give them, right? There, there's no getting around tradition. 
There's really no getting around it. I mean, I don't care if you've watched some TikTok video three weeks ago and now everyone wants to have that same fashion or that same trendy whatever. That itself becomes a tradition and it's being passed on through social media and you are receiving it and some big influencer handed it down to you. And just a quick thing with the I mean, TikTok thing, because I get really revved up for that. This one time a student came to my office and said, you talk about TikTok too much in your homilies. I said, but you all use it. Yeah, but stop talking about TikTok. I said, <laughs> but you use it. I will, as a joke, often just kind of critique the trends that are just like, you know, because they, they come and go so quickly. Mm-hmm. As you saw in, you know, in, in seven years, consistent years in high school ministry recently. Mm-hmm. It, trends come and go mm-hmm. and they just and they just pop up so right now the big trends are like the big pa- platform shoes mm-hmm. or the little like you know loophole with the leather shoe situation with our uh, uh um uniform at healing right now is that the ug you know shoe company makes a low cut mm-hmm. kind of slipper shoe thing with the ba- ugly <laughs> sure. right and then all these different all these different trends and and the kids it's so funny they don't recognize that they're following a, 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 tr- a tradition with a small t right mm-hmm. it's like someone told you to do this and you're blindly just following some trend right mm-hmm. while at the same time criticizing the church and culture for following you know some tradition yeah. right yeah that's helpful so that's helpful. the trends that are happening in fashion and in social media in forms of speech all forms of pop culture those are little tiny traditions and they're they're short-lived you know pop culture lasts about five years but then even those little tiny fads, even those little trends, that itself belongs to a bigger chain of tradition that says you actually have to follow pop trends. Mm-hmm. You have to follow what's going on in Hollywood. You have to follow what the celebrities are doing. Um, that itself has become a tradition of following Hollywood celebrities, of following professional athletes, the way they dress, the way they speak, the way they style their hair, what piercings and tattoos they have. That itself is becoming a tradition. So you can't get away from tradition, all right? There's just no way to kind of say, I'm going to reinvent myself neutrally and freshly with no outside influence of anyone's thought whatsoever influencing me or being you know, entrusted to my care, right? What, so the whole point of saying that is to say that when, when we say that we're a people of tradition, Yes, we're, we're being guided by the Holy Spirit and we have to keep the deposit of faith alive that's been given to us from Jesus through the apostles down to the church for 20 centuries. Um, but we're also saying that we actually have an identity that uh, is richly provided for long before we ever existed. There's an identity in the Christian faith, in the Catholic lifestyle, that encompasses all cultures and draws people into that in a very healthy and holistic way. It gives them their identity and it propels them forward. And that need not be threatening. It actually helps provide you know, the foundation on which you stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and to these teenagers who say, you know, well, I just don't like tradition. You know, it's just so passe. The church is so crusty and dusty. I'm just done with that. Um, I don't think they actually have a problem with tradition. I think they actually have a problem with discipline and that the Christian life actually invites you to sacrifice something out of love of God and love of neighbor. You know, I mean, like what traditions are they actually bothered by? Like, well, you like you sing old songs. Well, really, is it like crushing your life? Um, well, like your prayers, they were some of these prayers go back to the ancient church. Is that oppressing you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't think no. I don't think tradition is actually that bothersome. Right. And I think sometimes 
the uh, the idea of tradition. You know, it's really funny. I'm recognized right now. We can hear the chatter of the high school students downstairs so well because mm-hmm. there's a vent immediately below my chair and a stairwell and a stairwell. <laughs> but especially, I think the vent is just yeah, like yeah. shooting straight up. Which is sure. Kind of funny. Um, anyways, um, yeah, and and I think this is where it's kind of odd with like the moral struggles. And I think you pointed out so well. Discipline is the problem. To say like to actually follow somebody and not just to try to like you know. Uh, wholesale given to like a postmodern uh, way of thinking that I can completely uh, detach myself of what's come before in, in the world and culture and humanity and remake myself um, and just kind of recreate what it means to be human, right? What it, you know, so these, they say these moral uh, kind of issues, like the church has too many rules, right? Church is just kind of imposing itself and it needs to get with the times of mm-hmm. how people are living and, and that's just changed so much. Um, it lacks discipline, and I think it, it also has a lot of presumption, mm-hmm. right? This is, I, I know we've talked about this before, but this idea today that all of the people who were in that in that uh, art museum, because um, I was I was particularly struck by the liturgical art, because as priest, it's like I'm celebrating the same mass. Sure, it's not the same mass. It's a, you know, change languages, and but but it's like same sacrament, right? Right. That same Eucharist. Been, the same Eucharist, right? Looking at this at this um, altarpiece, it's like. Oh, I celebrate the same sacraments, right? Mm-hmm. The guys who stood here share the exact same priesthood as I do, mm-hmm. right? They, you know, they lived the same celibacy. They lived the, you know, they they celebrated all the sacraments. They heard confessions just like me. So I was experiencing it a different way of a lived tradition. This wasn't just kind of some dead tradition, um, but it was lived. But what was also shocking to me was oh, people walked by these little, you know, um, carvings of angels that they had kind of preserved that were up on top of some huge cathedral in, mm-hmm. um, in Europe. People walked by these, and what were those people living? What were they thinking? And this idea now that because every wrist has an Apple Watch strapped to it, because every car can you know fly down the interstate, because everybody can be so connected across you know the globe, we're so progressive and we're so much better than these backward-thinking, you know, just like cavemen who are walking around underneath these beautiful cathedrals, right? Mm -hmm. Or those architects, those artists who built all those things. Well, they were just kind of oppressed by this kind of just, you know, silly tradition of the church. And it's like, gosh, like the just the presumption that's there, Mm -hmm. right? That we are so much better than these people who've come before us. Meanwhile, in a previous podcast, we're talking about the the distraction that all of us experience and our, our lack of ability to pray, Right, mm-hmm. and then you look at this, and you know these wild, you know, uh, there was so much attention to Notre Dame when it when it burned down, Notre Dame, if you will, mm-hmm. in Paris. You go to those, you go to those cathedrals, you go to these basilicas across the world. It's like clearly they they knew something about humanity, they knew something about God that mm-hmm. we don't know now. That an Apple Watch strapped to every single rich doesn't just wrist does just fix. So I think, yeah, as as you mentioned so well. Tradition is like a necessary part of the human experience, mm-hmm. right? And I know we've said it before, but that whole idea of, well, it's just shoved down my throat. This is like your favorite theme, Father. Yeah, I love it. You come back to it all the saying time. It. They keep saying it. But I keep saying, too, it's like literally that's how human, humans work. When you're a baby, you have things put into your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And you're given a, a certain way of living, right? Mm-hmm. So before we just like reject it, wholesale mm-hmm. we need to just i think pay attention to what what it actually is that we have what the intellectual tradition is what this artistic musical uh tradition but really in a deeper way what the tradition of faith what has actually been passed down right an encounter with the risen lord on easter sunday 
that was passed down, that was passed down, that was passed down. And not just passed down as a story, but passed down as a life that's lived and experienced in community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned Notre Dame because we're recording this about a week after the announcement came out that Notre Dame will reopen to pilgrims and tourists um, mm. in December of 2024. Mm. So, you know, about just over a year and a half from now, from the, from this recording, at the end of 2024, it's, it's not going to be entirely finished. There's probably going to be a lot of external work still going on. Um, but when that did, when, they, when the roof collapsed with, with the fire, and as people are so eager to see that go back up, they know that it's touching something their identity. And it's more than just the skyline of Paris. Yeah. It's more than, well, we need to get the, the, the roof back on so we can take good you know, postcard photos. Um, they know that there's something that's part of their identity, and it's a, a tradition that's been handed down since the high Middle Ages. That's um, it, part of their identity. You can't escape being a Parisian apart from Notre Dame. You know, that, that actually kind of is ingrained in the, in the, the, the citizenship of that city. Yeah. And, and it forms their identity. And, and there's a comfort in knowing that it's been there and that it's being rebuilt. You really can't escape the tradition. And just to end on that note, we, we can't escape our tradition, right? Even if you try, you're still coming out of a certain experience, right? So we have wounds with that, but we also have these different kind of glorious experiences that come with recognizing that our faith doesn't just rest on our parents or our grandparents. It rests on this firm foundation, right? On the faith of our fathers, mm-hmm. on the faith of our mothers, right? On the faith that goes all the way back even beyond Christ himself to God choosing his people, right? From the first moments of creation. I just think it's so helpful to recognize that where, cre- where tradition can be something to be rejected, when it's actually accepted and understood more fully, so much can open up beyond right. just, oh, this is something that's kind of a dusty experience of right. of the past. So hopefully you can dig, dig in wherever you might struggle to think that the church is out of touch and realize that our tradition is a beautiful gift. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.